0: It's officially the offseason for the Kansas City Chiefs. What can they learn from the Super Bowl and take away to rebuild themselves and get ready for 2022? We're going to talk about that today on On Chiefs.
1: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast.
0: Welcome back, Chiefs Kingdom. We appreciate you guys returning for another episode. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, this team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen. If you want another one, check out the Locked On NFL Draft Show with me and Crock as we go through what is just now going to be the focus. It's draft season, it's official, folks. I hope you guys are ready. We're free on all the platforms as well as YouTube. So, like, sub, and hit the bell over there. I'm Ryan Tracy. You can find me at Ryan Tracy NFL on Twitter. And I'm the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, as well as RGR Football, and the host on Locked On NFL Draft. This is Chris Clark.
1: Hello, I'm Chris Clark. I am the founder of Chiefs Corner, and you can find me on Chiefs Corner on Twitter, and you can find me at Chris Clark NFL. I'm also the one that's doing the Locked On Chiefs Twitter account wow. as well. I just like to throw that out there. That's mostly me. Sometimes wow. it's Ryan.
0: But you can tell it's me when something's misspelled. Then, that's then I took pretty much accurate. You. So
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, And, you know, Chiefs Corner uh, looking at analytics, statistics, and cap. And that's basically what I'll be focusing on there. I'm also on Substack. Uh, Go subscribe
0: there. and Check that out. So, the biggest game of the year has now concluded. Um, I actually enjoy the game quite a bit. I hear a lot of people complaining that it was a dud. But I thought not only for the competitive spirit, for the defense playing a huge role, but for what we as Chiefs analysts can take away from this, I thought this was a big game. A lot of things caught my eye. Maybe some of them were more details than, than overarching um, segments. Um, what was your primary takeaway that can help the Chiefs take a step forward next season?
1: Well, I think I'll back up and I'll say we need to talk about the Chiefs, but I think the league as a whole needs to take a step forward as well. Officiating became a huge part of that game. And missed calls versus calls that were made, they need to get that cleaned up because you cannot have that happen on the biggest stage. Um, when it comes to the Chiefs, I think the biggest thing you take away is that Pass rush kills teams. Uh, if you have a good pass rush, you absolutely kill teams. And that is what you saw at late in the game is it didn't matter that they couldn't get there early on against Joe Burrow. They got there when it mattered in the third and fourth quarter. And it's because they adapted. They figured out what they needed to do. They put the players in the right positions to be able to do it. And then they executed.
0: I, I agree. And it just it screamed to me that, yes, this is a passing league but defense can still play as big a role as putting up points. Certainly that's what Aaron Donald, uh, Leonard Floyd, and the rest of the crew for the, the Rams front did. It immediately said to me that if there was enough urgency where it was more than just Chris Jones and a flash now and then from Melvin Ingram trying to beat those Bengals, that this team, had they been able to get the pressure that we saw them get two seasons ago, Chiefs would have been in the Super Bowl. They likely would have won this Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, and you sit there and you look at, you know, the other injuries that the Rams had. I mean, OBJ goes out with what everybody's thinking is an ACL injury right now. Uh, That's going to have ramifications we'll talk about here in just a couple minutes. But, you know, you look at what that meant for this team and how they played and how they ended up beating the Bengals. You're absolutely right. Defense won them that championship. Uh, As much as the, the Rams' offense had looked good at times, Without OBJ and without, you know, their other wide receiver in Robert Woods, and without Tyler Higby, they ran out of weapons. And that's another thing I think you take from this is that you're never deep enough when it comes to that needing a weapon and needing players to be able to execute and do what they need to be able to do to get open.
0: Well, and I thought the quarterback story was was the number one takeaway from me that you saw you even saw uh <laughs> you saw Matt Stafford do a uh, Patrick Mahomes no look. And, yes, I'm still going to attribute that to Patrick. I I know Detroit fans. And Matthew's been doing that forever. Okay, yeah, fine. It looked like what the way the, – the, the depth of the lookoff was impressive. It was but great. It
1: was a fantastic the, pass.
0: The takeaway for me is, Patrick, if you're listening, or anybody in Patrick's camp, or Bobby, whoever's listening, you don't have to go for the home run. He had one receiver in that last six-minute stretch that he had to use. They had to get Cooper Cup the ball, and they were able to do it. They took what was available, and they made tighter throws, and they made throws on time. And I think that was the thing that really struck me, is I thought they had a decent rhythm down the stretch, more so than, than when Stafford, early in the game, tried to do a little bit of a Patrick through a deep ball because they got a look that they wanted under through it and got it picked off. Like, I thought there was a lot of similarities of what we want to say, look at this film, Patrick do this stay with your plan like you did the first half of that Bengals game and you're in the Super Bowl yet again
1: and I think it also goes back to read too. stay with what your plan is to some regard but then you saw different things in that game that also stood out the Rams couldn't run the ball and they kept trying to run the ball and I get why they were doing it because they couldn't pass the ball either at times so I get the thought process as to why but you have to continually adapt, and they didn't adapt until the very end of the game when they absolutely had to and everything was on the line. And that is what makes football so much fun to watch is because you get to see teams try to go blow for blow with each other, and these two coaches know each other very well, so I think that also played into it.
0: Yeah, I I will say this, though, too. For all the complexity and nuance and new school that Sean McVay and, and Kyle Shanahan, for that matter, bring to the, to the league, a couple of simple things. Um, you know, uh, a, a jumble package or a double-tight counterplay, uh, a simple pitch, things that got you to the edge that they didn't do enough of could have fixed them. There are more run options there than they use. And I think that is, again, getting into your mix, getting into your tunnel vision, and forgetting about some of the things that maybe you didn't have a chance to practice them in the last two weeks. But you got to have them in your playbook, and you got to be able to go to them when you want to. That's going to be a theme throughout this off for the Kansas City Chiefs. And even though this season may be on pause because that great game is now over, but you got to wait a few months till you get to see some more contests. You have basketball coming. You have all kinds of uh, UDFA, UDFA, UFC <laughs> coming. There's lots of other sports that you can get into, and you might want to lay some money down on some odds there to get yours into the action. Get it on the line. You can do that at Bet Online. It remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news so that you can make informed decisions about putting some money down on some things. So check it out. It's not just basketball. It's hockey, too. Uh, they're going to ramp up here, too. The Olympic coverage, I think, is still going on. We're almost out of that, but check that out. Head to the website and check out on any mobile device, Bet online where the game starts. Now, one significant play that, like we said, narrowed it down to Stafford and Cup having to do it, was a guy that's been rumored in free agency to be not only interested, but possibly a target of the Kansas City Chiefs in this coming offseason. OBJ, I said it at the time, that looks like a non-contact ACL to me. That's what we're hearing today. This it's terrible to see for a guy that clearly has kind of mended some of his ways, was very me at the end in Cleveland, but haven't heard a peep. And he's been, you know, a contributor to this Rams success to see him go down when they really needed him, I think that was a tough thing to overcome, but it was also tough for the player.
1: Yeah, and I will say this about OBJ. One of the things that people said about him was that he couldn't be a team player. Mm -hmm. I think you saw that he can be. I think that what you saw was he is in a strong locker room with strong voices, and he has people that he trusts at the Rams, and that is what really kept him in line. And I think that that is an exact thing that they have in Kansas City. Uh, so I do think that there is a you know a, a carryover there. Horrible to see that injury for him because it basically shoots any chance he had of getting a deal that was more than one year. And I think that with the way he was playing early on in that Super Bowl, if he continues to play that way, he could be looking at a massive deal.
0: Possibly. And, and that's what it brings me to. I was only going to entertain the idea if he maintained that what seemed like a, a rejuvenated team first attitude because I think that has it that's paramount in Kansas City because there's just too many mouths to feed on the offensive side of the ball yep
1: no I I completely agree I think you're right I think he has to have that attitude and you have too many mouths to feed but that's a good problem because it should open him up more as well
0: right and so to see him go down a lot of people instantly were like well there goes his next season he's off the board for almost anybody in free agency but I don't necessarily agree with that ACL recoveries generally have sped up to the five-month, six-month point at this stage. Do you, in light of the injury, if it is an ACL and he has to have a repair and that probably puts him starting that timeline in another two weeks, does that take him off your free agent board?
1: It does for me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, You know, I would love to be able to see OBJ in a Chiefs uniform if he can be the player that he was in Los Angeles, but it also sounds like he wants to go back to the Rams – Neither here no, nor not there. Not. Right. Neither here nor there, though. But the bigger thing for me is I want him to be able to be, I want somebody that's going to be available in OTAs. I want somebody that's going to be available in training camp. He's not going to have that. And that is going to matter in this offense and in chemistry with Patrick.
0: I will say this I generally would agree with you. But because I feel that's the, going to be the reaction of the majority of the league. I think that he can go through his recovery, and if you get to September and he hasn't signed, I think you offer him a very low-end deal with a lot of incentives based on playtime. And after you've already added another free agent and you've already drafted a young guy, you add him as a late like second half of the season addition?
1: That's a completely different scenario for me. I wasn't right. even looking at that. I'm looking at what are they going to do in a month when free agency opens. And you're right. If he is a guy that nobody... Goes and signs because he has this injury, then then maybe that's something you look at in September, uh, or you know late August when he's probably at least moving around, maybe not running mm-hmm. full speed speed, but at least moving around. Uh, absolutely, I think you can look at it then, but you can't you can't. What I'm looking at and where I was coming from is you can't think that he is going to be your guy. You can't put him in that space right. and say he is going to be your you know number two wide receiver, right?
0: Now, it's easy for him to return to to L.A. because, I mean, why wouldn't you? You just won a championship. Uh, And without Uh, you, yeah, that's going to be the problem. That's going to be
1: the problem. The Rams (laughs) have a ton of free agents.
0: But but maybe that loyalty, maybe that because you didn't get to finish that game, maybe you want to go back and maybe you'll take a sweetheart of a deal there, too, because I could see the whole league holding off until they Mm -hmm. see him running and they see how his progression goes. So for me, it's a game of chicken for the Kansas City Chiefs. If you want to do something like that, if you're looking long term towards the end of next season, you just got to be the first one to try to get it done when nobody else is actually there yet. So it may be a little bit premature, and I think we'll probably talk about this several times in the offseason when we hear rumors and whatever, but I think it's still a viable option down the line. Yeah,
1: down the line, I mean, if you're looking, like I said, August, September, then that makes a lot more sense. Um, But you absolutely have to address it in March. That's when you have to make your move. You have to get somebody that's going to step in. Well, unless you're going to just figure that you're going in the draft.
0: um, Yes, yes, and yes. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sure you would enjoy that.
1: <laughs> but there's a lot of questions. I mean, you have a lot of players on the defensive side and our draft from yesterday showed going that direction wouldn't be a bad deal for Kansas City. They need to rebuild their defense. Don't get me wrong. I don't mind the thought of drafting a wide receiver, but when you look at drafting a wide receiver, at least with Andy Reid, he's probably not going to have a huge impact year one. That's not what you're going to want in this scenario.
0: Right, I, I agree. And and honestly, it would be probably my third or fourth priority. It it is about the way that the board falls. And, folks, if you didn't see our our mock from yesterday, we are doing one every Monday. Mock draft Monday will be consistent through the offseason, through the draft. Because at the end of the day, you have to take value there. The problem that this team has gotten into is picking somebody that they don't have the value rated on. And if you get to 30 and the edge rushers are gone and the corners are gone and the wide receivers are there, whether it's Drake London or somebody else uh, of a similar grade, that I have as a first round grade. You have to use a first round pick on a first round grade, even if it's not your top priorities, you know, maybe one, two, three, or who knows?
1: Well, yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, best player available to a certain extent. I mean, you're going to have some positions you take off the board QB. You're not going to draft somebody in the first right. round running back. I don't, I still don't think you take a running back in the first round. Uh, you saw what happened with Clyde and I still like Clyde. That's not a slide to him. It's just, I don't see you putting that type of, you know, scenario and tied in, I, I don't think you take a first rounder there. I mean, there's certain positions I wouldn't take a first rounder and those are probably the main three uh, everywhere else. Maybe I guess offensive line uh, to an extent other than maybe a right tackle. I take off as a first rounder. Um, I don't know that I'd spend an offensive, you know, a first rounder on an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. uh, but unless you're looking specifically at a right tackle and then, you know, okay, fine. Uh, but I, I do think Kansas City is going to have some options there, and, I, and it's going to be very interesting to see how the dra- draft shakes out and how things are going this season to see you know where who's going to be available and where.
0: Yeah, later this week we're going to have to talk about trade scenarios, and we'll have a whole show dedicated to it, folks, about where we stand now pre combine about trades. But that's a whole different show. So at and- the end. Of-
1: And somebody did ask, we will do a show where we're doing nothing but trades on the mock draft Monday. I will just put that out there at some point in the future. Yeah, we will do nothing (laughs) but trades. So that is coming. So somebody asked, we will do that. We just haven't gotten there yet. We figured we'd do an actual couple of drafts that make sense first.
0: Yeah. At least mo- mostly since I right. tried to buck the system. Remember, folks, every mock draft is is a possible scenario that the team might actually have to look at because that's what the front office under underbred Veach does. They run mocks constantly just to get an idea of what scenarios could happen. So it's worth the time. Now, there's an, another question coming out of this game that I think could affect the future of the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll get to that as well. This
1: episode is brought to you by Rock Auto as well. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30% to maybe even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you can need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So Ryan is talking and he's muted and he doesn't realize it.
0: I try to be respectful when you're doing a read and sometimes I get ahead of myself. (laughs) Uh, It happens. (laughs) It does. Now, there is a scenario here and I'm I'm intrigued and it may be a little far-fetched, but I will say this. I don't think Aaron Donald's going to (laughs) retire. I'm just telling you that. I think it's more about the contract than anything. And I was more to Steve, is that what you think it is? Is it the contract deal? Yeah, I, I, I do think so. Hey, we just won a championship. Let's, let's live in the moment. Good for him for not hammering it down. Let everybody else do the work for you. But a picture of the 2022 Los Angeles Rams without Aaron Donald is a very, very different picture than what we saw last night. So yeah. that said, what I am looking at is I think it's rare at – 32 going to be 33 by the time OTAs run run around that Vaughn Miller is still productive he still has that pop is he explosive as he was when he dominated that Super Bowl in 2015 no but he is still as much pop to his get off than Melvin Ingram or anybody the Chiefs have had in a very long time so I still think he has more gas left in the tank He's always said be War Fifty Eight because of Derek Thomas, and there are some rumblings that maybe because of the other salaries that are going to be involved, he may not be able to return to the Rams. I personally would take a run at trying to get Von Miller on this defense. I don't know the cost that'll be involved. I don't know at thirty three years old if you can get him for what we would feel as a bargain, but you know certainly you know a sub fifteen contract for a year. Am, am I am I in the weeds here, or is this a possibility that you would look at?
1: No, I think it's a possibility you look at. And I'm sorry, I'm sitting here looking at my phone. The thing I'm trying to figure out, and this is what I was looking for PFF put this out earlier. Highest rated pass rush grade in a Super Bowl since 2006. Von Miller, Super Bowl 50, 94.5. Last night's Super Bowl, 93.2. Ooh. He is the See? two biggest. <laughs> So that's what I was looking for. So I apologize about that. But I do think that it's something that you have to look at. And it's because he's going to want to chase another Super Bowl. He can do that in Kansas City. He has been enamored in, I, that may not be the right word, but he's been, I think, enamored with Patrick Mahomes since he saw Patrick Mahomes do a left handed pass in front of him when he was trying mm-hmm. to chase him down from behind. So said I it do from think the
0: day that he started his first ball game too.
1: Right. So I, I think that there is something there. And if he wants to play in Kansas City, I think it's something that you do. And I think it's, you know, they make a run at it. The question I have is, how is it going to work money-wise? Yeah. And I, I I know that they can make it work. I'm not saying they can't. They can make the cap room. We've talked about it. They can easily do that. But the problem with Von Miller and, and some of the other people is that if you're looking at a veteran that age, you don't really want to give them a two or three year deal because you are afraid that their production is going to fall off. So are you going to give them 10 million for a year? Are you going to give them 15 million for a year? I'm going to give them 12. Well, okay, fine. (laughs) But you know, how are you going to spread that out on your cap to, to lower the number? The thing that I could see Kansas city doing, and I hate that they would do this, but I wouldn't be shocked. If they do a 12 year, if they do one year, 12 million and they do two void years.
0: Yeah. I knew you were
1: going to say that. I don't want to do it, but tell, I, tell,
0: tell everyone why though. Explain that.
1: So if they do void years and this is something that happened with Tom Holly's contract and I, I'm sorry, I don't remember the year, but it was, you know, 2017, 2016 or before whenever Holly retired, he had void years in his contract and what that means is, is that you can spread the signing bonus. If you get, say we sign him for, I'm just going to make it real simple. You sign him for a $12 million signing bonus. Yes, you have to have base salary, but I'm going to throw that out for right now. Sure. So you sign him for a $12 million signing bonus. And if you do void years, you can void those. It's that signing bonus spread over however many void years you have. So that $12 million hit could be four over three years. It could be three over four years. It could be, you know, however you want to spread it out. It just depends on how many void years you want to put in. The problem with the void year contract is it's going to catch you the next season. So if you sign a guy to that type of contract, you're knowing that you're going to sign him and you're only going to count, let's say, $3 million this year. Well, that other 9000000 million, you're going to lose in 2023. Now, maybe you don't care, but
0: that's an issue. But you in this way, you could give them a one million base salary, a 12 million bonus, split it in half, and then you're six and six. And maybe you, you just say, I'm gonna eat six against the cap next year and hope it goes up enough to make for, make up for it to have them on the roster right now. Yep.
1: You could do it. And that's probably the way you're gonna have to do a veteran type deal like that. Cause I can't see them giving somebody fifteen million dollars in one year or twelve million dollars in one year, and it only really counting against this year's cap. Yes, they have ways to make cap room, but that just does not seem like the Brett Beach way.
0: Let me ask you one other option about this. And, I, and folks, I know it's far-fetched, but I will tell you, if I'm Brett Beach, I'm looking into this. I'm trying to make this happen because of the performance we just saw. Like Chris said, the second-best performance only behind himself yeah, in the <laughs> behind history himself, of the Super Bowl. Exactly. I, I wish PFF would go back and grade the 85 berries because I think Richard Dent would give him a run for his money there, but that's just me. <laughs> but I will say this.
1: They wouldn't have all 22 angles.
0: No, you're probably right. Somebody's got it somewhere. There has to be. But let me ask you this. This all is predicated about desire, right? Do you want another ring? Do you want to play with Patrick? Do you want to wear 58? Would you let him? Because I would. As much as I love Derek Thomas, I would.
1: No. No, I don't think you can let him wear that number in Kansas City.
0: They've let lesser players wear it. That's why I ask.
1: Not during the season.
0: Well, okay, that's fair,
1: and and not since he was like maybe in training camp, or you know just because they're running out of numbers, but with this whole new number thing, they're not going to ever have, have that issue again, and they haven't let lesser players wear it since it was retired, since he was put in the Hall of Fame when oh. they retired the number. So no, I would not
0: and let him rush. <laughs> Let's just flip it. <laughs> Because I, I find that I just find that I find that as an homage in in probably the best way that we could ever see something like that happen. So, yeah, I'm sure a lot of Chiefs fans will say, No, don't touch Derek's number ever. And I get I that part only, too.
1: I can only imagine what the comments are going to be on YouTube tomorrow. Thank you so much, Ryan. Uh,
0: yeah, no, that's fine. Because it, there's I, I wouldn't say that about any other player, I wouldn't say it about uh, one of the Watt brothers. I wouldn't say it about, I mean, there's one guy that I would ever let do it that's currently playing, and that's Vaughn. There's one guy in history i ever let do it, and that's Lawrence Taylor. I mean, if that doesn't tell you what that means, it should.
1: Well, and, and you have a point because Von Miller, from the day he was drafted, said it was always about Derek Thomas. So mm-hmm. from that aspect, I get it. I still wouldn't do it, but that's me.
0: Fair enough. I probably wouldn't do it either. I'd probably let him do it in camp and then to be like, oh, I just can't pull the trigger. <laughs>
1: Yeah, when everybody has ordered their Von Miller number fifty, <laughs> right, injury, right, right, <laughs> you, you switch it before the season. Hey, starts. we're going
0: back to forty. Sorry about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's an interesting conundrum. Um, I would love the fit, obviously, and and again, this would be nothing if it hadn't been for the fact that he's been playing so well, and just by capping it off last night, uh, just close your eyes and imagine Chris Jones and Von Miller on the field together, and, and I mean.
1: Well, and Melvin Ingram, and I mean, I, I still – the key to me, though, if you make that move, is you still have to go out and draft somebody.
0: True. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I'm not even saying you don't – you take it off the board for first round. No. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm of the opinion when it comes to pass rush, I don't care who you have as your pass rusher. It's still worth the first-round pick, even if you have two guys that are your are, are your stud DEs, because that is how important pass rush is in the NFL. Yeah. So –
0: Well, interesting scenarios that come out of this Super Bowl. Um, We'll talk more about this, not just this game, but going back to the AFC Championship game, what they have to take away in order to take the steps forward in order to go back to that Super Bowl. I mean, let alone a championship game, the AFC would be unprecedented. We know that, but that's not the goal. Any year that Patrick Mahomes is in uniform for this team, the goal is the Super Bowl and a victory. (laughs)
1: Yeah, did you see his tweet after the Super Bowl? I did not. Time to get to work, basically, is what he said. There you go. Go get Time it. Time to go. And he had a you know bicep, I believe it was the exact tweet. But yeah, he's already getting on to next season. So, And I have to say this. I know we're not talking about him, but that is exactly what you want to see from the face of your franchise. Absolutely. You cannot ask anything more. And I, I, I don't want to belabor this too much, but I am still curious. We haven't seen anything yet. Uh, at least I haven't. I still wanted to find out if Joe Burrow tore something in his knee because it sure looked like he was not able to move laterally at all after he went down.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. But yeah, that'd be my guess. Is we we may not. So yeah. So that's it for us today, folks. We will be back with Matt Derrick tomorrow. He'll have some takeaways as well. We're going through this step by step position review start this week. You're going to see some of that. We will continue. It is officially draft season and I am doing all the work. Rogue Analytics is up and running. We are expanding this year. You'll have film grades from us this year as well. Not just my notes and big board and athletic matrix. We here on this show will continue to run down how they navigate free agency, how they navigate the cap and what they do to future proof against the continued expansion.
1: And that will also be on Chiefs Corner as well.
0: It's going to be everywhere. I know there's a lot going on. I know you guys need a break because it's after Super Bowl weekend, but there's no rest for the wicked, and we are certainly on our way. So thank you for spending your time. Like, sub, and hit the bell on YouTube. Leave us an iTunes review. Let us know who you want to see or hear about on this show. Thank you for spending your time with us.